In today's show, we're going to look at all of the action from Sunday across the NBA, including some new starters in Houston, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. About the 20th time you've heard from me today through you know regular shows and what to watch for's and live streams. It was a Karis LeVert trade. So I did a whole show breaking down what I thought about that. I'll talk a little bit more about that in today's show as well. In fact, let's flick it straight over here. That is the number one thing, of course, the Levert deal. We'll, I'll talk about that more when we get to the actual, the Pacers and the Cavs played each other today, unbelievably. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about things that we saw in that game, but there is more of a breakdown in that video that I did earlier today. The other bit of news that I think is really interesting at the moment is that it went a bit under the radar. Larry Nance Jr., according to Chauncey Billups, has suffered a setback in his knee injury. They've never really detailed what the knee injury was. Apparently, it's a bone bruise in the knee, but that has never been mentioned explicitly by the Blazers. Um, it's very, very, yeah, I'm very worrisome. He's had problems with his knees for years. Now, on the verge of returning, he's had another setback. So I'm going to say he won't play until the trade deadline. And while he was set to be a winner from the Norman Powell-Robert Covington trade, if he's not going to play, he's clearly not a winner. I don't know if he gets dealt or not. He was not really a 12-team league guy. Well, he wasn't a 12-team league guy before the injury. Um, he was sort of floating on the border. Really hasn't been able to establish himself all season. And now another knee setback. I think if you did add him, it, it was the right move. But now if there's a knee setback here and other players appear through this week leading up to the deadline and you need to move on, I, I think by all means, just with the worry with that knee. This is another thing that sort of um, flew under the radar. Justin Holiday is unvaccinated. It just never got reported, but he is. And that's worth noting because in fantasy playoffs, the Pacers play a game in Toronto. So he won't be able to play in that game. Just remember that when looking at playoff schedule that he will have one fewer game. Yeah, that just was never that was never really mentioned when all of the news of guys like Isaac and Irving and Wiggins and Beal all came out at the start of the season. Yeah, Ben Simmons, another guy. Simmons and Beal have gotten vaccinated. Kyrie is talking some bullshit like, oh, magically, I think in the next couple of days, something might change and enable me to play home games and being cryptic about him, you know, bribing the city or talking to the city or convincing the city or, I, I don't know. Kyrie, if you want to play home games, get vaccinated. I think that's, that's the simple solution if you want to do it. Um, but Justin Holiday was never mentioned. Trey Burke was bloody mentioned a lot. Holiday wasn't. So just just something to, to note. note then. Talk about interesting quotes in Brooklyn. I just spoke about Kyrie and his chats and just some of the wording of stuff regarding James Harden. Is James Harden going to be traded according to Steve, yeah. Steve Nash? Is he going to be traded? No. All right. Cool. And then, you know, talking to Kyrie about James Harden, he goes, oh, in the few conversations we had, dude, few conversations? You never talked to James? At all? What's going on with this team? Just the wording of that stuff. It's very, Kyrie can be very deliberate with his word choices. 
and just saying things like in the few conversations we've had. Surely, surely you're having more than a few conversations with the key piece on your team, along with yourself and KD in winning a championship. You've had just a couple of conversations, just a few, just a couple. We just had I said hi a few times, that's it. I don't buy anything that's coming out of Brooklyn at the moment. Whether that's, I don't buy the rumor of Harden being traded. I don't buy the fact that he's not being traded. I just think anything is a possibility there with that team. And no matter what they say, it doesn't change my mind. It doesn't change my mind that things are a complete mess. And I don't actually know what to believe. I just know that I don't trust whatever's said, no matter which way it goes. And I could say, well, I don't think Harden's getting traded. Well, Nash said, no, he's not. And I go, yeah, that, that backs up what I say. I don't trust it. Kyrie can be like, oh, I've had a few conversations and I don't know what's going to happen. And then that could make me think, yeah, he's getting traded. I still don't trust it. I don't trust anything that's going on in Brooklyn. It just feels like an absolute mess at the moment. And um, it's reflecting on the court, isn't it? Let's go to the first game. Sixers Bulls. Bulls are banged up at the moment. We know that. Sixers get the big victory on the road. 119-108. Embiid continues to be a monster. 40-10 and 10 with two triples in just 32 minutes. 10 of 11 from the line, 61% shooting. He's just killing it. 59 fantasy points. And Tyrese Maxey's in a real groove. 40th best player over the last two weeks. Playing with Embiid. Now, he's playing an absolute shit ton of minutes. Another 38 here. He's like, just quietly, like he's get, almost getting 40 minutes a night at the moment. That is because Milton has been out. Um, and Curry's been out some of this time. But 16, 4, and 6 with three steals. He's really good. The Thick Hogsman's also playing a lot better. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H! Yeah, TH for life! 23, 8, and 5. The 22nd ranked player over the last two weeks. Seth Curry was a little bit better as well. 12, 3, and 4. Please stop holding Andre Drummond, please. It makes me sad. Two points, eight rebounds with a block. And Dan Green played 27 for eight points and two triples because Thibel and Milton were both out. We also got 28 Georgian Yang minutes. Nine points with two triples for Nyang. Yeah, he is only a deeper league guy. For the Bulls, of course, there was no ball. There was no Caruso. There's no Jones. But also no Kobe White and no Zach Levine. Javante Green's strong run continues. 32 minutes, 17 points, one steal, two blocks. The 17 points comes on 83% shooting. We don't trust that. The one steal, the two blocks, he's been doing that a lot. He has usually been a better rebounder than two rebounds as well. Top 75 over the last two weeks. I think that while Levine is out, it does have a slight impact on Green, but not massive. The big impact is, is no Caruso, no Jones, no Ball. For now, Green is a 12-team league guy and for probably the next month, I would guess. Ayo Dasunmu, only eight points on 38% shooting. Some of that hot shooting has cooled off. The usage still remains low, but seven assists and one steal keeps getting it done. Remains a 12-team league guy. While Nick Vucevic... It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Efficiency was off, but he got to the line six times, which was a rarity for him. 23-7, and seven, five assists and two triples. Uh, Troy Brown started with Levine out, and he's been really, really poor. Uh, can't really get anything going at all and I'm not really sure where Troy Brown's NBA career is headed at this point but maybe he needs to eat some built Bars because if he's looking for a delicious treat Troy Brown or if you're looking for something delicious without blowing out your calorie budget built Bars here for you they are the delicious protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they taste great and they're low in calories 130 in a bar 4 grams of sugar 4 grams of net carbs low in fat but 17 grams of protein those other protein bars they're such a chore to be able to swallow to be able to chew them up like what is this Built Bar just tastes like a candy bar and so many great flavors. Cookies and cream, coconut, raspberry, strawberry, orange, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. So many great flavors right across the Built Bar range. And you can get them now at 15% off. So head to Built.com, use the promo code, which is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and save 15% off your order of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. 
Trade deadline's coming up this Thursday, February the 10th at 3 p.m. So us at Locked On NBA, we've got a live show hitting from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, hosted by Kim Becker, along with John Corrales and myself, the big hamburger, Josh Lloyd. We're hosting the show. We're going through all of the details, all of the deals that go down, including the ones that have happened already. Um, I'll be chucking in some fantasy analysis on that as well. So head to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. 2 p.m. Thursday, February the 10th for the live Locked On NBA trade deadline show. Second game. This was the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, they got smacked by the Nuggets, 124-104. No Harden, who is dealing with something. I saw a hamstring. I think one thing is certain. Um, He is not happy in Brooklyn. The hamstring thing might be real, and he's having persistent hamstring problems. It's a concern. Um, but things aren't going well. There was no Claxton or no Aldridge in this game either. Kyrie played a lot, 41 minutes, 27, 5, and 11 with a steal, three blocks, and three threes. Outside of the 39% shooting, that's a really good game, 60 fantasy points. He won't play their next game, but he'll play their next two. And then after that, it's a string of not being able to play. You must sell high now. This is coming into the stage where the sell high has to happen. I, I strongly believe if you get any top 70 player back for Kyrie Irving, you do it. Any top 70 player I would do for Kyrie. He's just not going to play enough. And he can think that there's going to be a magical change to the um, New York State City mandate. I don't believe there will be. And if you want to hold out for that hope that he gets vaccinated or they change their rules, I think you've got like a 5% chance of either of those things happening. Without Claxton, without Aldridge, Blake Griffin started, played 30 minutes, had 19-4-2 with 5-3. It's a really good game from Griff. I don't trust it long-term. There's just too many other names there. While Kessler Edwards, he was playing 30 a night. He's playing 20 a night now as a starter. Two points and six rebounds. Jim Johnson had five in 27. And this roster is just yuck. Without Harden, though, Cam Thomas stepped up. 32 minutes, 20 points, four assists, one steal, two blocks. If Harden's going to get traded, or if Kyrie's going to sit games, there is going to be opportunities to stream in Thomas. Because his scoring is really valuable, especially with Durant out. And Millsy had 14 points, four threes, two steals. He continues to be solid enough. I don't know if Joe Harris is coming back. I don't think he is. So I think that does maintain some of Mills' value at the back end of 12-team leagues. For the Denver Nuggets. Um, 27-12 and 10 for Jokic. Two steals and a block. 63 fantasy points. He just does it so easy. It's just so easy. Barton, Will Barton had 21-6-4. and four. Just a reminder, he's a must-roster player. And Aaron Gordon playing at a much better level. 17-9-7. and seven. Um... Only two threes, well, not only two, two threes, but only 43% shooting. And Monty Morris played 31 minutes with 12 points, five rebounds, and eight assists. Someone told me, well, left a comment saying, hey, does Josh realize when he does his boring Monty Morris voice, it's the same as his regular voice? I don't think it is. That's my regular voice. My, regu- my Monty Morris voice is saying he had 12 points with five rebounds and eight assists as Monty Morris notched 31 minutes and was totally adequate. Are they the same thing? I don't think so. Plus, my Monty Morris voice doesn't swear that's the difference Jeff Green 20 minutes 12 points 5 rebounds like sure no worries what's exciting about it nothing Zeke Naji and DeMarcus Cousins both playing over Jermichael Green Naji's a name to watch 20 minutes 10 points 2 threes it's only going to impact deeper leagues but 16 teamers I don't mind taking a flyer there while the big stiffy Bones Highland is over playing over Faku 17 minutes for Bones 2 for Faku just garbage time now Bones is a long way away from 12 or 14 team league maybe not even 16 team but he is in the rotation and he is pushed, or he has pushed ahead of Faku. And Austin Rivers is dealing with a hip issue, which uh, led to him uh, exiting this game early, which um, obviously helps the value there of the big stiffy. 
Third game. Pistons, Wolves. I don't remember if I said this on the podcast, but I'm going to say it now. Well, the Wolves win 118-105. And this is obviously tongue-in-cheek, but it's sort of not. Is Jeremy Grant, is he tanking so that a good team doesn't trade for him because he wants to play for a bad team so that he can jack up shots? Because he has been absolutely shithouse since returning from injury. Like, I know he was bad beforehand, but he at least did things at a little bit more volume. 10 points, 32 minutes, 27% shooting. Since returning, Jeremy Grant is the 233rd ranked player. He has been actually atrocious. Don't drop him, but it's been annoying. No Cade Cunningham. So Hamadou Diallo started. 11 and 6 with two steals is, is totally fine. It's streamable stuff, probably more for 14. Well, Killian Hayes remains coming off the bench. Bad first half, really good second half. 10-3 and 8 a steal and a block. 8 assists, a steal and a block is 12-team worthy. I don't have any faith in that being a regular thing from him, but just watch. He, he did play pretty well. Well, Corey Joseph, why, when are we going to get away from 28 Corey Joseph minutes? 15, 2 and 4, a steal and 2 blocks with 3 threes. Now, there's something that doesn't make sense with this team. They bring in Kelly Olenek to help with their spacing, to play minutes, and he played really well. And now he's playing 14 minutes because they've decided, finally, to bump Isaiah Stewart's minutes and play Trey Lyles. Yeah, there was a time when they had no centers and Stewart was the only guy there and he played 24 minutes a night. Casey wouldn't trust him. Now, I wouldn't say he's playing particularly better, but he's getting 33 a night. 5 and 12 with 4 blocks. The 4 blocks are nice, but 29% shooting is pretty bad. I think that given the minutes are back over 30 almost every game for Stewart, again, I don't know how, um, he's worth a 12-team ad. As for Linux, if the deadline wasn't coming up, I would say, Jack, what do you reckon? But because the deadline is coming up and because I don't trust Casey at all, Casey has an affinity for terrible players. That's why someone like Trey Lyles plays over Kelly Linick. I would hold until the deadline, but it is trending in the wrong direction. Three points in 14 minutes for Kelly. Well, the other thing we have to remember with Kelly, he is not that good, right? He had that little stretch at the end of last season where he was dominating for fantasy on a Rockets team that did not give a shit. He is a fine, solid sort of player, but he is not a guy where, oh my God, this is an egregious crime against humanity that Kelly Linick's not playing 30 minutes a night. What is Dwayne Casey doing? Kelly Linick's fine. He's a solid player. He probably should play 24 minutes a night on this team. He is definitely, in my mind, a better player than Trey Lyles. And probably if we're basing it on current value, he's a better player than Isaiah Stewart. But if I'm going to harp about not playing Corey Joseph and, and, you know, and, and you should play Killian Hayes, then you should play Isaiah Stewart. My confusion with Stewart is, why didn't you do it for the first 50 games of this year? So I don't have a problem with Olenek playing fewer minutes than Stewart. Yeah, that's the, the way forward. But Olenek's shooting, realistically, should be getting him more minutes than this. And that's what he was brought in for. So it is it is a little bit confusing to see the minutes like this. I would hold until the deadline. Frank Jackson had nine points in 24 minutes. He can have 17 points or 20 points really, really easy. Okay, He can obviously do that. But he offers so little else that you need consistently high usage and high shooting for him to be relevant. And I just don't think that's a realistic expectation for him. On to the Wolves. D'Angelo Russell returned. He was great. 22-5-8 with only 39% shooting, but still good. And then with him back, Jalen Noel. Man, they are, they've just cut him. What's going on here? Seven, not cut him from the roster. Cut him out of the rotation. Seven minutes. He thought he was playing well. Jordan McLaughlin played 16. Malik Beasley played 22 and scored 20 points with nine rebounds and five, five threes. I wouldn't, wouldn't buy into that for Beasley for shallow leagues. Goose had 17 points, 5 assists, and 2 steals, Anthony Edwards. And Towns had 24 and 12. Torian Prince, who'd been dominating without Russell, played 2 minutes before leaving with an ankle injury. If you did stream him in, you can see him later in 12 and 14 and probably 16 team leagues. I think that little run might be over. Do not drop Jared Vanderbilt Bar. Yes, he had 2 points in 26 minutes. Yes, he had 11.5 fantasy points. Both of those things are bad. But it's one game. 
He was he's still top 80 over the last two weeks, including this game. He's a must roster, as is Pat Beverly, 10 and 6, with a steal and 1-3 in his 30 minutes. The Super Bowl. We are basically right there. And Bet Online is here with more props, more odds, more lines, more contests than ever before. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college troops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real, not real, with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go on to the next game. Hawks, Mavericks, very low-scoring game. Very low-scoring. 103, Dallas wins it. 94, Atlanta. The Baptist, Johnny Collins, 22 and 18, 35 minutes. Really big game from John. 48 fantasy points. And Trey Young had 17, 2 and 11. Rough shooting, but good game nonetheless. And the rest is just a mess. Clinker Palace started and played 20 minutes. He had 8 and 9 with a block. Okongwu closed the game. And then Capella came in with 3 minutes left. Came in for about 30 seconds and then left. I don't know what's going on with him. It has to be a residual injury of some sort. I'm holding for now, but it is really trending fast in the wrong direction. As for Okongwu, despite Capella playing 20 minutes, he played 16. He had four points. Three steals and two blocks is great, but I find it hard to look at a bloke playing 16 minutes on a night where Capella's struggling and go, he's a must-roster 12. 14, he probably is. And he's playing well every night, but the minutes always seem capped. And the wing rotation... DeAndre Hunter, 14 and 6. On the surface, it's fine, but no steals, no blocks, no threes, and bad field goal percentage. He remains outside the top, fill in the gap where you reckon it is, outside the top 230 for the season. And even though he's got a solid role, he's not a good fantasy player for categories. He just isn't. And if you don't want to hold him, I wouldn't be. I'll see you later. Bogdan Bogdanovich had been playing well, and then he didn't. Five points in 23 minutes with six rebounds on 20%. And Kevin Herter, he got the extra minutes and did nothing with him. 11, 1, and 2. What I've been saying for quite a while is that Hunter, Herder, and Bogdanovich, they're all going to sort of eat into each other's playing time. Remember, Lou Williams didn't even play in this game. But I think it's going to make them all at best fringe sort of guys. I would prioritize Bogdanovich, then Hunter, then Herder. But it's going to be up and down. And it's not going to be one guy really so solidly smacking in at, at top 100 numbers consistently. It's going to be back and forward, back and forward. The Italian cock had 11 points in 25 minutes. He actually closed this game at center with a block. Now, some of that, he had a block as well. Some of that is due to the small lineup that the Mavericks were running. But it is important to note. For the Mavs, no Porzingis, no Kleber. Reggie Bullock, another big game. 22-9, and nine, two steals, six triples. I think you've got to add him. I don't expect him to play at this level, but this is the sort of shooter that he was in New York. He just has been atrocious for most of the season in Dallas. Brunson had 22-5-5 five and five with four threes. Well, Doncic played only 28 minutes. Why? Because he had foul trouble. In fact, he got his fifth foul with about one minute or one, one minute gone in the third quarter. So he played like the entire second half with five fouls. Now, he ended with five fouls. He had 18, 10, and 11 and shot 35% only. But on a night where he plays under 28 minutes, it's still a pretty good return. 49 fantasy points as well. With Porzingis and Kleber out, we've got 36 Dwight Powell minutes. He had 12 and 7 with two blocks. Some stream value there. And we've got 42 minutes for Finney Smith. He didn't do much. 11 points with three threes, a steal on a block. 25% shooting is obviously shitful. Um, he's a 14-team league sort of a player. Marquez Chris couldn't step it up. He only played the 12 minutes there. He had some good numbers, but not in this one. Josh Green continues to interest me. 23 minutes, 9 points, but 6 boards, 3 steals and a block. Only 30% shooting, but he had 28 fantasy points. He's starting to put together an interesting sort of resume for deeper formats. He's not 
going to knock into 12 teams at all. But over the last two weeks, he's 221st. But that's an improvement from 364th over the course of the season. The Pacers and the Cavs. Um, all right. Weird that they're playing each other and they just consummated a trade. For the Pacers, Levert's not here, obviously. So And Rubio's not playing for him. So we get an idea of what's happening. The problem I have with this team is trying to figure it out is Brogdon didn't play. Isaiah Jackson didn't play. Miles Turner didn't play. And they could make three more trades this week. Chris Duarte played 36 minutes, one of his better games. You would hope, with no one else really out there. 22-5-2 with a steal and a block. But if Brogdon comes back, does he just go back into his shell? Dwayne Washington was a guy that I spoke about on the trade show from Levert. 31 minutes coming off the bench, 17-2-2. I think he's a solid 14-team stream ad, but again, who knows what goes on? Brogdon could come back. Warren could come back. Neither of them could come back. Sabonis could get traded. There's a lot that's up in the air. As for Sabonis, you'll see that he returned to action out of COVID protocols and played 26 minutes. The reason is he had three early fouls, three fouls in like the first quarter. Didn't play at all in the second in the second quarter. And yeah, 9-11 with four assists. Not a particularly good line, but he could be traded too. Kiefer Sykes started, had seven and five in 25 minutes. I would prefer Washington to Sykes. While the Red Rooster guys, it's what we talked about on the waiver wire show. Like get some players back. I don't think he's going to play. He played 12 minutes, and that's without Turner, Brogdon, or Isaiah Jackson. If you added him in 12-team leagues, thanks for your service for two games. I'll see you next time. They just they haven't prioritized him on the wing at all. Now, you could say, yeah, he should play over Lance Stevenson, or he should play over Brissett, or he should play over uh, Kiefer Sykes or uh, Tory Craig or whatever. That's fine, but he doesn't. He's not an elite-level prospect. He filled in and did well in that time, and I think we move on. I don't think that, yeah, they're going to trade away blokes. Like, Sabonis isn't going so they can start Terry Taylor at center. There'll be little... Pro- there might be a couple of stretches where he has some decent numbers. But for now, thanks, but no thanks. He's not a guy that I... Long story short, I wouldn't stash him through the deadline. I'm more interested in a Dwayne Washington to see where he goes. Or even a Goga, or, and definitely an Isaiah Jackson. For the Cavs, hard to get too much into this because Garland, Markinen, and Levert all out. And they're, they're big impact players. Yeah, it's great. Chetty Osman had 22, 4, and 5. Rondo played 32 minutes and had 15, 5, and 12. But remember, the other games without Garland, Rondo's been dreadful. So this doesn't tell me. And they're playing against an absolutely piecemeal team against the Pacers. Kevin Love played 32 minutes, 19, 7, and 5 with two steals and four threes. Everything that I said earlier today still holds. Osman loses value. Rondo loses value. Love loses value. But because three players weren't playing big rotation pieces who take shots, you don't see it reflected here. Dean Wade started. He had 10 points in 19 minutes. I think he goes out of the rotation. Brandon Goodwin started, but Rondo played over him. Which one of those gets the backup minutes? I'm not sure. Zero points for Goodwin. Nothing exciting. Isaac Okoro is going to lose vote. He had two points on seven shots. Shouldn't be rostering him in 12 or 14 team leagues anyway. And Jared Allen had 15 and 17, while Mobley didn't play particularly well. At least he hit his free throws, but nine and four with three blocks. I think Evan Mobley is a really, really big buy low player at the moment. But it's hard to know a huge amount about this Cavs team when Rondo and Osman are putting up big 30-plus minute nights off the bench and you've got Garland, Markinen, and um, Levert who literally all could play next game. They might not, Markinen especially not, but they could all play in their next game on Wednesday and things just get completely tipped on their ass after that. Let's go to the next one. Big blowout. Boston beats the Magic pretty comfortably. 116-83. Good game from Jalen. Good game from Tatum. Big game from Dennis Schroeder. 22 points in 20 minutes. 
If you've got him and you haven't dropped him, congratulations to you. That's a good game, but I would sell the high on that if I could. But considering you still have him, you probably don't have as pessimistic a view on Schroeder as what I do, so you probably wouldn't. The fact that he still played only 20 minutes, despite scoring 22 points, should give you every indication of where he sits in their plans. He might get traded, but he's not going to the Cavs now, is he? Might he go to the Bulls? Like, Where's he going to get 30 minutes? That has always been my question. I don't really see it. Um, Al Horford. I don't know what to make of this guy. 13, 11, and 5 at Triple One. That's a very, very good line. That still makes him the 189th best player over the last two weeks. His minutes are all over the place. I mean, he's fine to hold. But I reckon he's going to be one of those guys that when a player appears at the deadline who's got value that we could drop for him. Tatum had 15, 9, and 7, didn't shoot well, while Marcus Smart was pretty bad in this game. 25 points. No, he didn't. I wish. 25 minutes, 3 points, 8 rebounds, a steal, and a block. Grant Williams, nice game from Grant, continuing to be a nice 14 to 16 team lead player. 12 points, 2 threes, 3 assists, a steal, and a block. Really good numbers. Well, the Rock DJ had 2 steals and 2 blocks, 80% shooting. He is the 36th ranked player this year, Rob Williams, amazingly. For the Magic, Jalen Suggs, two good games in a row. 17, 6, and 5, 3 steals, an absolute must roster player. Don't think about dropping him, please. Better game from Mo Bamba, 8 and 10 with two blocks. Only 22% shooting. I would not drop Mo Bamba at this point. And Wendell Carter had 14 and 8. And Shumura Kiki, his game is just all about the defense. Eight points and two threes doesn't get anyone's motor running. He played 25 minutes. That's not exciting, but he had three steals and two blocks. The last couple of games before that, he had no defensive stats and his numbers dropped way off. He's a defensive stats sort of player who can occasionally have some offensive production. But where is the upside in minutes? I don't see it. Not a great night for Franz Wagner. Eight points in 26 minutes. Marcus Smart made his life hell. Seven rebounds and an assist. While Cole Anthony also struggled. Nine points on 30% with four assists and a steal. I'm holding both of those guys. Terrence Ross's minutes are way down. Gary Harris has been 25 the last two. He's not a 12 or probably not a 14 team league player either in my mind. Let's go. Next game. Pelicans Rockets. This is the one that you've been waiting for. A lot of interest in this one. On the Pelican side of things, Jackson Hayes returned. No, he didn't. Josh Hart returned. And Jackson Hayes moved to the bench as expected. But you'll look at this box score. And if you don't include context, which we're going to have a lot of context in this. I watched this game pretty closely today. Um, a lot of context is required. You'll say, well, Jackson Hayes still played 28 minutes. He, he did. You're right. He had 21-7 with two steals and two blocks on 80% shooting. That is a great, great performance. He scored 11 points in about five minutes at the end of the first quarter. He went crazy. He came in when Herb Jones picked up two fouls in the first two minutes. And so they just went back to that same starting lineup with uh, Hart replacing Jones, really. So we've got a ton of minutes early on. And then Valanchunas got into foul trouble and had fouled out in 27 minutes. So two things came to his aid. Herb Jones early, Valanchunas getting into foul trouble, enabling Hayes to put it up. And then he, while he did that, he, he shot 80%. So all these numbers jumped up. Now, I think that he's fine to hold, right? I would use this to try and sell high. Say, look, hey, Hart came back. He still played 28 minutes, even though there's a lot of context that goes into why that happened. Could they trade Josh Hart and not get someone back? Sure. They're also the 10th seed now. They're in the play-in. Could they trade Valanchunas and start Hayes? Sure. I don't, I don't think Hart's getting traded for no one. So while it is fine to stream in Hayes for today and see where this goes, and hold through the deadline, I'm really not convinced. A few things had to go his way. As for Hart, 13, 7, and 4, 3 steals. Good to have him back. Him sitting out games because of a knee injury so he could get traded was obviously bullshit. 
Devontae Graham was shit again. Six points in 32 minutes. Like He's just not a 12-team league hold. Well, Jose Alvarado continues to outplay him 9-2-4. and four. He's not a fantasy option, but you still hold him. Oh, no, sorry, you still watch him. Herb Jones, you hold as well, even though it wasn't a great night. Nine points in 31 minutes with three assists and a steal. These are the sort of lines that I thought that Jones would provide. Now, he's proven me wrong over like a two-month period of getting higher scoring nights, better shooting nights, very high defensive stat nights. This is what I thought Herb Jones was, and, and that is not a 12-team league guy. But now I'm looking at that guy. This is probably the outlier, and you don't drop based on one of these games, even though that's what I thought he would be. Alexander Walker continues to be bad. Nine points in his 18 minutes. For the Rockets, they did it. They did it, the sneaky bastards. They started Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. But, but, this is not a permanent thing, right? It might be. But it's not necessarily. After the game, Steven Silas said, yeah, look, we started them together because Eric Gordon was out and we'll continue to give it looks together. All right? So this is not like this is our new starting lineup. Eric Gordon's coming off the bench. They play the Pelicans again on Tuesday and they might go with this again. Who knows what Gordon's situation is. Gordon might get traded. He might literally never play for the Rockets again. That's a possibility. And they just commit to this. And as I said on the waiver Wire show earlier today, Streaming show on the weekend for the last week and a half, two weeks. I think you got to grab Shengun and let's see what happens. How was his game today? Well, he picked up some early fouls, three fouls in the first nine minutes. And people might look at this and and you know, I've already had an argument slash discussion with someone about this on Reddit. They say, oh, look at this, mate, three fouls in nine minutes and Jackson Hayes killed him. Every one of Hayes' points in that first quarter came when Shengun was on the bench. So just be really careful about reading narratives that aren't true. Yes, he did pick up fouls, but they played him through a lot of his fouls, and he ended with 25 minutes. The usage was low, really low usage. 33% shooting is not good. Six rebounds, four assists, one steal, two blocks is really, really good. Really good. It's, it's not the greatest line in the world. It's just a tribute. But the bones of it are there. That's 27 fantasy points. If he gets... Now, his last four games, 25, 29, 25 minutes. One start, two bench games. Get 25 minutes a night, my guy. Very happy with you on a 12-team roster. If you added him, please don't be disappointed in this. You've got to, you've got to monitor your expectations. He's not going to blow through the roof and be the best player in the world. There'll be low usage nights. There'll be poor efficiency nights. There'll be foul trouble nights. There'll be ups and downs. But you've got to stick with him for now. Even if he moves to the bench next game, you've got to stick with him, I think. The Crucifix had 22-8, and eight, Christian Wood, while Jalen Green got a few late points for 18 points, four assists, two steals, and Gary Bird had 18 with five triples. Gary Matthews is an interesting 12-team streamer for threes while Gordon is out, but I don't think he's a must-roster guy. The Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the Wild Thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. 15 points with two threes and two blocks. It was solid enough to be a 12-team league guy. I'm not convinced that he's must-roster as we move forward, but he's fine there. Well, KJ Martin, with the fact that they're playing Shingun more at the four next to Wood, or you know, combining those two, that limits Martin's minutes. Now, one thing you need to be very, very careful of with, with every player is that when you look on their positions on a fantasy provider, that is not the position they play. KJ Martin's listed as a small forward. He basically never plays there. He is almost a forward exclusively. So there are a lot of people, hey, if Eric Gordon goes, does that mean they fire up KJ Martin? He's not really a three. If they do something with Kevin Porter, he's, Kevin Porter's out. Does that help KJ Martin? Port, Martin is nearly a four exclusively. Now, they can play Tate more at the three when Gordon goes and get Martin more minutes there. But the emergence of the Shengun Wood pairing, I think hurts Martin. He's still someone to watch, but it hurts his breakout potential. Shoot game from Kevin Porter, eight points in 32 minutes. 
the eight assists are nice, but the um, missing both his free throws are rough and 30% from the field is not particularly good. He'd been playing a little bit better, but still, over his last five games, he's 192nd ranked player. That's shithouse. Uh, 26 fantasy points here, still not a top 160 player over the course of the season because we know so many of the issues that go into him in terms of fantasy value and the lack of efficiency numbers that he provides or doesn't provide to be more uh, to be more exact. All right, let's go on to the last game of the night, the Milwaukee Bucks and the LA Clippers. The Bucks win it easily, 137-113. Drew Holiday was immense. 27 and 13 assists, two triples, two steals, and a block. He also shot 69%. Giggity. 75 from the line. Giannis was also pretty bloody good. 28 and 10, five assists, two blocks, 83 from the line. Bobby Portis, punch Bob, 24 and 11 with four threes. Another big night from him when Middleton had 17, 6 and 5. They were just too good. Even Paddy Connaughton got in the mix. 18 points, all from three, six triples. Nothing else. He started with Grayson Allen out. Uh, Connaughton can have occasionally those three point games but I wouldn't get you know, too interested in him. The bench, pretty much nothing. The big ragu had nine points in 21 minutes. He just really can't get back to form. Greg Munro is an interesting deeper league guy, like very deep as the backup center, nine and four in 14 minutes. Well, for the Clippers, a couple of new players. Let's start with Storm and Norman Powell. He got into some pretty extreme foul trouble, ended with just four fouls, but had fouls really early. Played 24 minutes, had 28 points. The four assists are also, as, uh, as Sheev would say, a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. He shot 56%. He was 6 of 7 from the line. There's a lot there to love. But this is a huge sell high to me. First game, blows up. All right, blows up. Has a usage of 36%. Goes seven, 6 of 7 from the line. Not He's not normally out that high of a free throw drawer. Shot 56%, including 50% from 3 and 63% from 2. One rebound, zero steals, zero blocks. Not realistic. 28 points in 24 minutes. Not realistic. What's more realistic there? The 28 points or the 24 minutes? Probably neither, but more likely the 24 minutes. He might get to 30. Maybe he plays 32. He was playing 38 a night for the Blazers. It's a big sell high, I think. I would be aggressively trying to trade him out. I don't imagine he's maintaining 36% usage as we move forward. Pairing that with a true shooting of 73%. That combination is elite. Literally not one player in the world can do it. Nobody can do it. So it is a sell high. Marcus Morris was also pretty good. 20 and 8 with 5 triples. Yeah, he's fine as a back-end 12-team league guy. But the arrival of these players, as expected, like just cramped everyone. 10 points in 25 minutes for Reggie Jackson. 5 points in 22 for Luke Kennard. I'm sorry, Jack Armstrong. What should we do? Get that garbage out of here! Two and four in 16 minutes for Nick Batum. Get that garbage out of here! Six, seven, and five for Terrence Mann. Get that garbage out of here! Ten and five in 19 minutes for Ivica Zubats. Get that garbage out of here! Zero points in eight minutes for Isaiah Hartenstein. Get that garbage out of here! Seven and seven in 19 minutes for Serge Barker. Get that garbage out of here! Very hard to hold any of those guys. I would hold Covington for a little bit, but he played 23 minutes. 13 points, three threes, and a steal. Hold for now, but the 32-33 he was getting, it's unlikely to continue. We had an 11-man rotation again with Hartenstein on the way out for some reason. And it's just going to be lots of ups and downs and mishmashes of roles, I think. As we, I could be wrong on that, but I, feel, I wouldn't feel bad about dropping Coffee or Canard or Batum or Hartenstein or Abaka or Man, maybe even Zubats. 
Yeah. And I think Powell's a bit of a sell high. I think it's going to be a messy situation despite that big night from Norm Powell. Um, it's something to watch though, for sure. It's going to be one of the most interesting things to watch um, unfold over the next you know, couple of weeks or whatever it is. Let's look at the lines of the night. Joel Embiid gets you monstrous. The waiver wire goes to the Discman, C.D. Arsman. The young gun is Tyrese Maxey and the dud of the night is Kelly Lennon. It could be absolutely Jack Armstrong, but I just hold through the uh, deadline, I think. Top 10 performances for category leagues today. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Drew Holiday, DeMar DeRozan, Brandon Ingram, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bobby Portis, Kyrie Irving, Reggie Bullock, and Carl Anthony Towns. Your top 10 performers under 50% rostered. Osman at number one. I don't buy it. Corey Joseph, yeah, 14 teams maybe. Rajon Rondo, do not buy it. Jaden McDaniels, not really interested. Pat Connaughton's a fluke. Killian Hayes is a streamer. Blake Griffin required two centers to be out to do this. Not interested. Malik Beasley, not interested. Gary Bird, Garrison Matthews, maybe. Maybe is a streamer, but I don't love it as a long-term thing. Then Grant Williams is a 14-team league guy. In terms of your top 10 producers in points leagues, DeRozan, Jokic, Ingram, Irving, Drew Holiday, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Doncic, Johnny Collins, and Toby Harris. And that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.